0: Who I am in Christ. And one of the things that we have in Christ is that we have grace. Now, the question is, what is grace? Grace is God's willingness to forgive us and bless us abundantly in spite of the fact that we don't deserve to be treated so well or dealt with so generously. God's grace enables us to be gracious toward others and serve others using our talents and gifts to build up the church. That's all true. So let me give you a little practical illustration of grace. Dr. Billy Graham many years ago was driving through a small town speeding and he was pulled over by the police. The police did not recognize him for who he was, and for those who don't know, we didn't used to know everything we know, okay? Uh, Back in the day, Billy Graham was not recognizable by the masses because his picture wasn't everywhere. A prime example... She and I were invited to go to Norfolk, Virginia, way back in the 70s, uh, to a pastor's conference. And in that pastor's conference, we had the privilege of meeting with so many of the Billy Graham evangelism staff and having small breakout sessions. We had a great time. It was really just a God thing, and we're remembering it even today. And one of the Wilson brothers, I can't remember if it was George or, or Grady, they're telling a story. And they said, what happened was that Billy Graham, just to show you how he wasn't recognized, Billy Graham was in a town in Georgia doing a crusade, and one of the Wilson brothers was driving him back, and he was sick. He had the flu. And so he was in the back seat and just not feeling well. And I want to say it was great. He was driving the car, and over in the middle of the night, headed back to Montreat, North Carolina, he got tired, pulled into a truck stop, and went and got a cup of coffee. He got back in the car and drove to Montreat, North Carolina. What he forgot to do was check the back seat because Billy Graham had gotten out to go to the bathroom. And so Grady drove off and left him in the bathroom at a truck stop. Billy Graham comes out of the bathroom, realizes he's there at this truck stop. He goes inside and asks them to call him a taxi taxi rolls up he walks out and he says i'm billy graham i need you to take me to montreat north carolina and the guy looks up the taxi driver looks up and says if you're billy graham i'm the pope (laughs) just to show you he wasn't as recognizable then as he is now so back to my story so the police officer said not only do you have to pay the fine but you've got to go to court And so he goes to court, and again the police officer hasn't recognized him, and the judge hasn't recognized him. And so he asks the question, Mr. Graham, are you guilty as charged with speeding? He said, Yes, sir, I am. He said, In that case, the fine is a dollar per mile that you were over the limit. You were over the limit, ten miles an hour, so you gotta pay ten bucks. He said, yes, sir. As soon as he said, yes, sir, for whatever reason, the judge realized who was sitting before him. He said, oh, wait a minute. Aren't you the evangelist, Billy Graham? He said, yes, sir, I am. He said, in that case, you still have to pay the fine, but guess what? I'm going to pay it for you. And he paid the fine. That's grace. And by the way, then the judge took him out for a meal. (laughs) We all have the privilege and opportunity to show others grace. One of the kind of sad things is that most of us want grace for us, but we're not always showing it so abundantly to others. So the Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. And in this letter... And we're just going to look at the introduction this morning. In this letter, he is classic Paul, as it were, because he has a way of encouraging folks, but then kind of rebuking folks too, which is fairly biblical, I think. We can see that throughout the scripture. And so he starts off this letter to the Corinthian church. Paul, called as the apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. And so Theseus, our brother, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus. Remember we did that the other week? Who am I in Christ? I am sanctified in Christ. It's His divine, supernatural, redemptive work that has been done on my behalf that allows me to be sanctified in Him. Now, in studying for this, I went back and started studying in the Amplified Bible. And this translation to me is so very encouraging. To the church at Corinth, Paul says... To those who are sanctified, remember the definition, to those who are sanctified, those who are set apart and made holy. Who's he talking to? Oh, he's talking to me. And as we... He's talking to me. He's talking to you. Any of us who are in Christ, that's who he's talking to. We're what? Set apart and made Holy. We talked about this again, like I said, a couple weeks ago. And most of us, when we get up in the morning, we don't really feel holy, do we? In fact, sometimes we feel a little less than holy. But the Word of God says, this is who we are in Christ. We are sanctified, we're set apart for that intended purpose that God has created us for. And we are made holy because of all that Jesus Christ has done for us and in us. And he said, we are selected and we are called to be saints. I'm a saint you are too if you're in Christ all this is the word of God see we have this uh, mentality I guess That since I mess up, and we all do, then I, how in the world can I be holy? How can I be a saint? Well, it's the word of God that says this is what's true. And the work that God is doing in my life and your life is for us to move into all that God has for us. And of course, we know that's only possible through the work of the Holy Spirit. You can't do it. I can't do it. It is only possible through the work of the Holy Spirit saints by calling with all who are in every place called what who call on the name of the lord jesus christ their lord and ours grace to you and peace from god our father the lord jesus christ grace and peace remember we talked about that we all need that grace well what is the grace god's gift to us we don't deserve it we never have we never will It's his grace, his unmerited favor bestowed upon us so that we can have this intimate relationship with him that brings such glory and honor and praise to him in such a super, supernatural way. Grace to you, peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always concerning you. For the grace of God, which was given to you in Christ Jesus. Just for a moment, put your head on the swivel and look around. I know, you know, in church, I, I, I may or may not have told you about my mother. My mother used to like to sit on the front row at church every time the door would open to the auditorium she would turn around to see who it was and my dad encouraged her to sit on the back row so she wouldn't be such a spectacle as she turned around to see who was coming in so we're kind of taught you know in church you don't look around and see what's going on but just for a moment because I want you to know that all the folks you just saw if they're in Christ guess what you thank God for them you thank God for them. oh no 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 pastor you don't realize when I looked around and you know I didn't really want to look that way because you know who's sitting over there I wasn't sure about looking that way because you know who's sitting over there I'm not sure I can thank God for every one of those folks my question to all of us would be why not oh but you don't understand they've said some things And they probably have. But the question is, are we going to live as the word of God says we are or not? And it isn't based on them and what they do or what they do not do. It is based on me and what I do and what my life is in Christ. That's what makes the difference of us being those who are in Christ Jesus. That in everything you were enriched in him, in all speech, and all knowledge, even as the testimony concerning Christ was confirmed in you. How is that testimony confirmed in any of us? It's always by the witness and seal of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is working in each of our lives so that all this that we're talking about in the Word of God, that the Holy Spirit inspired to be written, is now at work in us. And as we do that, and we should be prayerfully doing that together rather than being at odds. And if you read the whole book of Corinthians, you find that there was difficulty... And we'll talk about that as we finish up this morning. There was difficulty in this church. Why? Because they were saying, and I'm not going to get that far in the scripture, but, oh, I'm, I'm of Paul. Oh, I'm of Apollos. I'm of Cephas. No, we're of Christ. Of Christ and who he is in us and all that he's doing in us. So why don't we just take a moment right now. Let's just pray and ask the Holy Spirit to open our spirits to him our minds, our hearts to him so that we can see what it is that Father is up to, has been up to, and what he's going to accomplish in each of us as we come, as his kids surrender to him. So Father, thank you for this moment in time. Thank you for this moment that we can bow to you and know that you, God, our God, supreme and sovereign, working in each of us Holy Spirit, we thank you, thank you, thank you for the joy that's ours in you to know, to know who you are. And to be so blessed as father's kids to be enabled and empowered and gifted. To live this life you've given us through your son, Jesus Christ, Father. Thank you. for That supernatural work that only you can do. That second birth from darkness into light. Our life. New creation. In you, Lord Christ, we give you praise. Amen. So all this is confirmed in us through the Holy Spirit. So that you're not lacking in any gift, awaiting eagerly the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end. We're in these dark days of history. Or we're seeing the world in such conflict. Who will confirm you to the end, blameless in the day of. Of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'm being a little suspicious here. If I'm wrong, it's not. I just wonder. I just wonder if we really are believing and waiting and desiring for the day of Christ. The day that he'll come back victorious, regardless of your eschatological belief that he is coming back. We know that for a fact. That's based on the word of God. The timing of it, the process of it is left to those who seem to have different speculations, again, based on scripture. But he is coming back. And he says when he does, we're his blameless ones. When we talked the other week about the bride of Christ without spot or blemish. And so, God, thank you that you're doing that work in me and you're doing that work in each of us. So that when that day comes, in fact, it says when he when he appears, we'll be like him because he's done such a great work in our lives on his day of appearing. God is faithful through whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. See, Paul just keeps helping them to understand this is what God has done this is what God has been about this is how God is expressing himself through the Holy Spirit as he lives this life and honors and glorifies himself in us because we are his church and his church is his agent on earth in the empowering or by the empowering of the Holy Spirit and it gets to be walked out every day Now I exhort you, brethren, you see, he built them all up. He built us up. By the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree, and there's no division among you, but you be made complete in the same name and in the same judgment. So let me read it to you from the Amplified. To the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified, set apart, made holy in Christ Jesus, who are selected and called as saints God's people, together with all those who are in every place call on and honor the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace. That inner calm spiritual well-being from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank God always for you because of the grace of God which was given to you in Christ Jesus. So that in everything you were exceedingly enriched in Him. In all speech, empowered by spiritual gifts. And in all knowledge with insight into the faith. In this way our testimony about Christ was confirmed and established in you. So that you are not lacking and any spiritual gift which comes from the Holy Spirit, as you eagerly wait with confident trust for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ when he returns. And he will also confirm you to the end, keeping you strong and free of any accusation so that you will be blameless and beyond reproach in the day of the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. He is reliable. He is trustworthy, ever true to his promise. We can depend on him and through him we are called into the fellowship, with his son Jesus Christ our Lord that's the sweet word of God speaking to our hearts prayerfully for us to realize what an amazing amazing work that God has done for us but then he gets to this place in the scripture where he says now I exhort you brethren, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you all agree and there be no division among you but that you be made complete in the same mind In the same judgment. Now, what we're talking about here is the unity of the body of faith. We're not talking about uniformity, but unity. Uniformity would be that we're all just clones, and that's not our God. He is so creative in his genius of creation. So, how can I make that real for us today? Let me do so by pointing out two events. Yesterday, we had the Great Pumpkin Party. We asked people to sign up and show up. Many of you did sign up. Not everybody showed up. Now, why do we do that? Because we don't have anything else to do but sit around and think about things like this. No, we do it because we want to make sure when everybody comes, they get fed. And somebody at the end of the line doesn't say, well, where's all the food? Or, even worse, that there's a bag of candy for every child, because that would not go over well, just so you know. So, we're working always to do this in a better way. Here's a suggestion when the praise team finishes and we play the announcements. It'd be nice if you listened. When we send out a weekly newsletter, it'd be amazing if you would read it. Because believe it or not, in the announcements and the newsletter, we actually put out some instructions to help people understand what's being done, how it's being done, and as best we can sometimes why it's being done. Maybe not always as clear on that. We have Thanksgiving coming up. You heard that advertisement a while ago. Thanksgiving is us as a church family gathering together and celebrating the fact that we are so thankful and grateful to God that we are so blessed as a people. So how do we do that? Oh, we ask you to sign up. Why do we do that? So when you show up, you get turkey. And it isn't for the whole world. This is a church family gathering for our church family. And we just sign our family up. Is any of that hard? Uh, Somebody shake your head. Yeah, you you know, just help me out here. Okay. Not hard. Well, why are we doing that? Well, see, as we do this, as it says here in the scripture, he says, I urge you not to have divisions and schisms and all that mess, but instead just be unified. Now, again, we're not all showing up doing the same thing. Yesterday, we had people doing games. We had people doing food. We had people doing setup. We had people doing teardown. All that is part of an event at our church family. And so let me encourage you to just listen, read, read, Pay attention. Also last week, we asked, if you would, I went through the covenant card. And then we asked you to fill out a cert card because this is how we're able to do ministry. So if you are here and you did not get those, would you please raise your hand? Because our ushers are ready to hand those to you just so you'll have them. So that everybody has a reference point. Raise your hand high so they can see you. And let me say while those are being passed out, how grateful I am so many of you filled those out, turned them in last week. And let me give the admonition for those who are getting them today. As you do that, and as you pray and ask God what he wants you to do, how he wants you to serve, and we, we believe, I believe, and we believe that every person should be serving somewhere in some capacity. That's how the church family works. We're a church family. So that's how we need to do that. But again, unless you sign up, it's a little difficult to figure out who's who doing what. So as you get those, and we've been announcing it, so prayerfully you have been praying, and God, the Holy Spirit, is leading you in how to do this. To give you a little history for those who... uh, Maybe are a little recent with us. Back in the day, when I say that, you might say, how far back is that day? It's a while back. We had what we called a nominating committee. And we would have a group of people who would get together, and we have a list of all the responsibilities in the church, and we would sit and prayerfully consider who would fit in each one, And then we put a name in there, and then we go ask that person would they be willing to do that. Anybody ever heard of that system? Well, for those who never met Don Edders, Dean Edders is over here. That would be Dean's father, Don. Don was our Sunday school superintendent who was automatically, once he was placed in that office, who was on that nominating committee. And once in a while, Don would have an idea that sometimes he will forget to share with everybody else. And so we're coming up on this time where we're going to fill out these nominating committee sheets and have that, put those people together and do those meetings. And Don gets up on a Sunday morning, and here's what he says. We have decided, we have decided that we're no longer going to use these nominating sheets And nominating committee. We're just going to ask you guys to sign up and serve where God tells you to sign up and serve. Now, that's a radical idea, but that's a Holy Spirit idea. (laughs) So we put out the sheets. People started signing up, turning them in. And so Don and I meet to look at these sheets have been turned in. And we were immediately struck by, oh my goodness, we have some places that haven't been filled. What are we going to do? And we prayed. By the way, just in case you don't know, in church there should be a lot of prayer. Because how else can we know what the Holy Spirit is leading us to do unless you spend time in prayer? And that's a hard one. We we tend to want to show up for pretty much everything but prayer. Which is we're supposed to be doing. Anyway. So we're sitting there looking at each other. He goes, wait a minute, I got an idea. Then you have to understand back in the day, you know, back there, we we kept records of everything. And so Don went and grabbed our records. And what we found out was this, that every place somebody hadn't signed up for, we actually didn't have anybody in that place to be ministered to. You think the Holy Spirit might have figured that out before we did? Yeah, we kind of thought so. And so we went for a while like that. And as, as time went on, we said, okay, God, how do we want to do this? So we tried to keep breaking it down so there wasn't, because we, we had these printouts of sheets. Or, I mean, we had everything listed. And you can see now from the serve cards or serve sheets as we have them. Not everything's listed. Some things are kind of general. We just want everybody to serve as God wants them to serve because this is what? His church, power of the Holy Spirit. That's how we do it. And as a result, guess what? Everything's complete. Everything gets done. It's not putting a strain on just a few folks. It's just the work of the ministry and how the Holy Spirit guides us in that. So would you, right now, those who, and if you, if you somehow have misplaced your sheet, you haven't turned it in, please get one. Uh, because we want everybody here to serve. We want everybody here to know that this is a place for all of us to serve. And, and somebody came to me last week, so you know, we, there's two sides on this coin. Somebody came and so said, you know, I turned in a, a, a sheet last week, or last week, last year, and I didn't get called. So if, for some reason, we miss somebody, please do not sit back and say, well, they don't want me to serve. No, just come and bring our attention to it. I exhort you, brethren, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree and there is no division among you, that you're made complete in the same mind, in the same judgment. One of the interesting things that I have witnessed as a pastor in the 50 years I've been doing it is how these things happen in churches and how divisions occur and people get upset and they're all about whatever. When Paul's talking about this, he's talking about, okay, you're going to have to die to self. You're going to have to lay aside that selfishness. You're going to have to put that narcissistic personality aside and bow to the King of kings and Lord of lords. But let him guide you and direct you. Because that's what his church is to be. And we're all a part of that, whatever that capacity may be. We're all a part of that kingdom of God being expressed here on earth. And we're living in this grace that is such amazing, incredible grace. But I want to remind us of this from Romans chapter 6, that we want to be careful that we don't make assumptions about the grace of God. In verse 1 and 2 of Romans 6, What shall we say then? And I'm talk, he's talking about those of us who live in this grace, this incredible grace. Are we to continue in sin so that grace may abound or increase? <laughs> may it never be. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? Isn't that, isn't that incredible that Paul's writing to believers and he says... Wait a minute. You can't presume or be presumptuous about the grace of God. You can't receive the grace of God and then do whatever the heck it is you think you want to do because you want to do it because that's what your flesh mandates for you to do. You can't do that. That's not the grace of God. That's presumptiveness. Verse 14 says, For sin shall not be master over you, for you're not under the law, but you're under grace. See, that incredible grace, um, and I I can't tell you how many people who've come to our church family through the years and said, I never heard grace until here. We're not the only church that talks about grace, but for so long we've been in those institutional religions where it's like we got to do this regimental, and see, like I said earlier, we're not talking about uniformity, we're talking about unity, unity in the body of Christ, it's like this body that God gave me. And yes, I should have taken better care of it. And yes, I probably should not have climbed up on step stools and banged my head on concrete. All those things. But I'm I'm always in awe of how this human body that God created works. I mean, I am... This morning I got up and I guess that's where I cut grass yesterday morning. I had all this crusty stuff right there. You know what I'm talking about? And you know what I did? I didn't take my toe and rub my eye. I didn't use my elbow. I took my finger, praise God, and just removed that stuff from my eye. Is that not a miracle of God? How incredible. Yesterday, when we were here for the pumpkin party, and I went to my office and I found my little sippy cup sitting on my desk. I couldn't help but laugh because somebody here has a sense of humor. And I'm grateful that we do. I have been told by my adult children that I don't have one. So it's nice that we have folks around who do. (coughs) The body, this incredible creation that God's given us, this incredible creation that God has given us,